Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 467. Thanks for tuning into the show once again. Stephen Fennec here. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, NBN makes good on its promise to expand the reach of fibre. Is your suburb or town on the list? Windows 11 is out soon. Will your PC be able to handle it? And the site where buying a used car is as easy as buying something on Amazon. In the Tech Guide Review, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3. Bose has launched the QuietComfort 45 noise-cancelling headphones and the Satechi USB hubs that make working and learning from home even easier. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear. That's the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. The NBN has announced the latest suburbs and towns across Australia that will be receiving the fibre upgrade. They're going to add another 300,000 homes and businesses. This is on top of the already more than 1.1 million homes that was announced earlier. So this will bring that number up to 1.4 million premises in additional suburbs and towns. Uh, we're talking in New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia. I've got the entire list on Tech Guide. Uh, it's, it's a bit too much to read every single town and suburb, but uh, in New South Wales, one of the suburbs is Avalon Beach, Benora Point in Victoria, Beaconsfield, Traralgon, Queensland, Brinsmead, Coomera, South Australia, Clovelly Park, Mitchell Park, Western Australia, Fremantle, and Safety Bay. They're just a couple from each of the states and territories. Uh, is uh, There's way, way more uh, on the list on Tech Guide, so I, I encourage you to head over to Tech Guide to check it out for yourself. Your town or suburb may be on the list. How you might know if you're a chance of being on the list is that the fact that your town or suburb is currently served by fibre to the node. That is where fibre comes to the end of your block or the end of your street and the existing copper takes your connection all the way to your front door. Now that traditionally has been seen as the worst possible form of the NBN. And I, I hear from a lot of customers who are barely getting the same speeds they had before the NBN was rolled out to their to their uh, to their doorstep, but there there is there is hope now that if you do live in an area that is FTTN fiber to the node, then you are eligible for the fiber to the premises upgrade. So this means you'll have access to speeds of up to one gigabit per second. So the NBN fiber to the node to fiber to the premises upgrade program, it's worth $3.5 billion. So it's uh, the, the goal of the program is to have around 8 million premises or up to 75% of homes and businesses on the fixed line fiber network by 2023. So they've still got a couple of years to complete this. But it's a really, a really ambitious goal. So that that's 75% of homes or, or 8 million premises on fibre. So how it's going to work in the fibre to the node areas, they will send, they will bring fibre to your doorstep and that would allow you then to choose plans that offer higher speeds. We're talking the NBN Home Superfast, so that's 250 megabits per second download speeds, or if you really game, the home ultra-fast service, which can reach speeds of up to one 
gigabit per second. Traditionally, it's between 500 megabits per second and one gigabit per second. Still pretty fast. So if you're getting over 500 megabits per second, that's pretty good. I've got fibre to the curb where I live, and I get 100 megabits per second down and 40 up. That's, that's, that's a part of the, of the NBN a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to, the upload speed. When, when you're working and learning from home, having a, a solid upload speed can be really important because you think about what you're doing. You, you're, you're on video chats, video conferences. That's, uh, that's an upload. You, your network needs to upload data fast. The uh, same thing if you're uploading documents and sharing large files. That, that's, again, another upload. So uh, pay attention to that upload speed. It does, uh, it's just as important nowadays as the download speed. Uh, so uh, that's, that's really important to take note of. With these ultra-fast and super-fast plans, they depending on the one you choose, they do have pretty quick upload speeds anyway. But but take note, I, I have seen there are some plans, I think there's a 250 megabits per second plan that has uh, that's faster than my download speed, but I think it's only got 20 megabits per second upload speed. So that, that's slower than what I have now. So uh, it'd be great to find, find the zone there, find the balance. Now, this is good news, as I said, for fibre to the node customers, but Good news too for people like myself, fibre to the curb customers, because they're about the NBN is about to commence similar fibre upgrades for customers living in fibre to the curb areas as well. So what they're going to do is invite customers living and working in these areas. If you're currently uh, on fibre to the curb, they're going to invite you to have these faster plans. So currently, fibre to the curb can give me 100 megabits per second. But if I want to go faster and say I sign up to a 250 or a gigabit per second plan, then the NBN will bring the fiber from the front of my house, so the pit in front of my house, to my house as part of this plan upgrade. So that's fiber to the curb is where, as its name suggests, the fiber runs up and down along the footpath outside your home and stops in the pit. Tell the telecom pit outside your house. In my case, the telecom pit is literally less than seven meters from the corner of my house, so it's not a huge run of fiber to get me fully fibered from the all the way to my front door. So I will absolutely be looking to upgrade to at least the two fifty megabits per second, or even might even just go all the way and go ultra fast. Now these faster speeds, they also help. It's not just about saying beating your mate and saying, oh, I could download a movie in three seconds. But of course you can do that. But the added benefit of having this added capacity and speed is if you've got a lot of people in your household, if, if you're on a like a 50 megabits per second plan, or well, God, God help you, even slower speeds, and everyone's trying to access the network, it's, it's because of the slow speeds, it's harder. If you've got this greater capacity, these higher speeds, you can get a lot more done. And, and I'm not just talking working from home, learning from home, but what about all the other stuff you do? You, you stream Netflix, Stan, all, all these streaming services, and, and you probably play online games as well. That speed is, is, is paramount, not to mention browsing the web, online shopping, all of those things, as well as accessing your smart devices and your smart devices accessing the internet as well because there's another upload for you as well. So if you're checking in on your security cameras from outside your home on a on your mobile app, the, those cameras are uploading information to, to reach you. So again, pay attention. That upload speed is also very, very important. I know the front, the first figure, the higher figure is what everyone's looking at. But that download, the upload speed, I should say, that is also similarly important. So are you on the list? Check it out. It's at Tech Guide, the whole list of suburbs and towns in New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, and Western Australia. And the good news is you may be getting fibre sooner than you think, and you'll be able to access those super fast speeds as well. If you want to check out that story and check out that list, I highly recommend you doing that. Check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Windows 11 is out on October 5. It's official. So two ways you can get Windows 11. Uh, it's going to be a free upgrade if you already own a compatible PC. But what's a compatible PC? I'll talk about that in a minute. Or if you buy a new desktop or laptop with Windows 11 pre-loaded two two paths there 
PCs with Windows 11 pre-installed are going to be available from companies like Acer, Asus, Dell, HP, Lenovo, and of course, Microsoft's very own Surface tablets and laptops. There's a list of the first wave of laptops I've included on my story on Tech Guide. We're talking the Acer Swift 5, the Acer Swift X, the Asus ZenBook Flip 13, the ZenBook 14, Dell Alienware X15 and X17, Dell XPS 13, HP Spectre X360, the Lenovo 2-in-1 Yoga 7 series. So plenty to choose from. From October 5, that's when all these preloaded Windows 11 PCs are going to be in market. But you've already got a PC, haven't you? And you want to know if Windows 11 is going to work on your computer. There is a PC health check app you can download, and it analyzes your PC to see if it can run Windows 11. But before that, you probably should know what, if you're in the ballpark, to upgrade to Windows 11, existing Windows computers will need these following things. First of all, at least four gigabytes of RAM. Of course you do. You probably should have eight or if not 16 gig of RAM. You also need more than 64 gigabytes of free storage space. Next, DirectX 12 compatible graphics. A display that's 9 inches or larger with at least 720p resolution. Now, here's the tricky ones. You need also secure boot capability, which comes from this next thing, the TPM, which is the Trusted Platform Module. Now, I understand that these things exist in PCs as old as three or four years old, maybe even older. So you can either just check it through your system yourself or run the PC Health Check app and it can analyze your PC to see if it can run Windows 11. Now, Windows 11 has a a slightly new design, new sounds, nice, fresh, clean look. Brings you, this this is Microsoft's words, brings you a sense of calm, and ease. Has anyone ever felt that using Windows computers? I'd love to. I can't wait to use Windows 11 to get that feeling. The start menu has now been put in the middle. It's no longer lower left. You can't put it there if you sort of miss it being in that position. But it is front and center. It's in the middle now. And it utilizes the power of the cloud as well. So don't forget Microsoft 365 is uh, you can access your Microsoft 365 files from the cloud. So I think you can see a pattern here. Google does this as well. Microsoft now, all these other companies are now hosting, storing stuff from the cloud so you can access your files wherever you want. So it's really, it's, it, there's no real need to have, and, and this, you'll find this when you go shopping for a computer, you won't find computers, especially PCs, with multiple terabytes of storage space because they're counting on you storing things in the cloud and accessing your files from the cloud. So something else to keep in mind as well. And Windows 11, of course, is built with cloud in mind, especially OneDrive and Microsoft 365, which are Microsoft's products. Other features include snap layouts. So you can divide your screen into two, into three, into four. It allows you to do that really well. Uh, There's also snap groups and desktops to provide an even more powerful way to multitask and make the most of your screen real estate. Now, I'm sure you've all used Microsoft Teams. If any, a lot of companies, they insist on using Microsoft Teams. Uh, That is now integrated into the taskbar. So that program that we probably not a lot of people never heard of before last year is now going to be integrated into Windows 11. Widgets, they're a new feature. They're personalized and, and uh, they create a feed of, of your favorite information, like your news headlines, weather, whatever. Uh, it's powered by AI. So a faster way to access the information that you care about. And uh, Microsoft Edge is also the browser included. And it, Microsoft says, has performance, speed, and productivity features that have been upgraded so you can do even more on the web. Windows 11, of course, is a gaming platform too. So uh, you can use uh, you can the DirectX 12 Ultimate Direct Storage Uh DirectX Ultimate is the graphics that you'd require, but Direct Storage and there's Auto, HDR, Xbox Game Pass, of course. So if you're a gamer, Windows 11 is the place to be. And there's a new Microsoft Store as well. So this is rebuilt with a new design, 
to make it easier to search and discover your favourite apps, games, even content, shows and movies in one place. Uh, Windows 11 is also uh, has a lot of accessibility features as well, so improvements that are built for and by people with disabilities as well. So we've uh, they they're looked after also, so they can use it just as well as anyone else. Plenty of other features to talk about. I have listed all of them on Tech Guide as well, as well as the the specs and the pictures of the new range of laptops that are going to be running Windows 11 as well from October the fifth. So that's less than a month away. Get excited. Windows 11 is coming. If you're happy with Windows 10, of course, you can ignore everything I just said. You can continue as usual. But I've got to say, uh, from the little that I've seen of Windows 11, I've seen a fair bit, uh, it does look good. It's a major upgrade in terms of just the aesthetics and the look and feel. I think it's 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 a winner. I'm, I'm excited about it. I will be upgrading as soon as I can, as well as reviewing the, some of those new wave of laptops with Windows 11 pre-installed. If you want to find out more and uh, check those stats about your existing PC, you might want to do a bit of homework there. You can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, who is in the market for a new car. Normally, saying that fills people with a sense of dread. They think, oh, I've got to go deal with people, haggle on prices. It's just a lot of shoe leather I'm going to wear out finding a good used car. Well, it's not really going to be like that anymore because there's a new service called Cars24. This is a new online service that's just been launched in Australia. This is a new startup that they've uh, raised two hundred million US dollars to commence operations here in Australia, and they've just actually set up physical operations in Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney, with plans to expand and operate more widely in the eastern and southern states of Australia before the end of the year. Now, this is a one hundred percent online service you would have you wouldn't have thought about this a few years ago buying a used car online and from from what they're saying cars 24 is as easy as buying a buying a used car online as any other online purchase that you make now the, there's a few things to know here the company uh, is a 100% online service and you're able to search through a large range of used cars these are used cars so not new cars used cars now here's the thing cars 24 owns every single car it sells so they're not selling it on behalf of anyone they don't have to go back and check if this price is okay do you want to test drive this and that Cars24 owns these cars, so it's a pretty clean service. So you're not dealing with owners, you're not haggling on prices, all the things that you dread about buying a used car are gone. Now, there are already more than a 1,000 cars on the site across more than 200 new models, mainstream models, and on average, the cars are five years old, with 70,000 Ks on the clock and a price of 25 k So that, that's on average. So there are cars that are more cheaper and there are cars more expensive. That's the average of the more than 1,000 cars that are currently available on the site. Uh, the average age is five years old, which isn't too bad. There, there are some that are two years old, three years old. So it's not like every car is five years old. There may be a car that's six years old, but it's in really good condition with low kilometres. So all of this information is literally at your fingertips when you visit Cars24. So uh, that, that is something you, you want to check out. Also, too, of course, there are lots of pictures, photos of the car inside and out. So you can do like a virtual inspection, if you like. Speaking of inspections, each car has passed a 300-point inspection before it was offered for sale. And each car also comes with a six-month warranty and seven-day test drive, and a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. So that's that, that offers a bit of peace of mind if you are in, in, the, in the game and you don't like the purchase. You've got seven days to get your money back, which I think is pretty good. There's a bit of a safety net for customers right there. So don't feel that you're stuck with a lemon. Not that they sell lemons, but stuck with a car that might not be right for you or you might not like it. No questions asked, money back guarantee after seven days, before seven days. 
And how's this? The car is delivered to your door. Like your other online purchases. How many packages are you getting nowadays? Shopping online. We're all doing a lot of shopping online. We can't do any other type of shopping, to be honest. So uh, this is yet another thing that's delivered to your door. A car. At your, any, and you, you specify the address, the time. It's all up to you where you want it to be delivered and when. Now, Cars24 says on the pricing side, very competitive prices. They say the majority are priced below the average industry asking price. So you think about how the current setup is if you were to go to, a, say, a car yard. You've got to remember, they need to make money. That's why whenever you trade your car in, they kind of lowball you a little bit because they know they need to put a margin on it. That they, they give you like a wholesale price, if that, knowing that they're going to chuck on four or 5000 depending on the car, of course, to make money. So that, that's, their, that's their little bit of their, their margin. So with Cars24... They sort of they know the market back to front, so they know what a twenty seventeen Mercedes class Mercedes C class is worth if it's got fifty five thousand kilometers on it. So that that's the sort of expert level they're operating at. So and that's why you should give people confidence. So that there is kind of I think what they call the blue book value or red book. I don't know whether to color or the book, but there is if you if a car is a certain age, certain K, certain model, you kind of know the ballpark of what it's worth. And what Cars24 is saying is that it's just majority of prices below the average industry asking price. So I think what that says to me is their margins are a lot smaller than a traditional car yard. You've got to remember, a car yard has to pay rent on a, on a lot. They've got to pay staff. They've got to do this and that. Cars24, totally online operation, so they've got less overheads. And they can pass the savings on to the customer as well. You can search for the site using uh, by brand, price range, style, usage. You can search for cars, for example, if you want a car to suit a big family. Or you want something hybrid, eco-friendly. Or suits a worker, like a ute or a truck. Or that are a pleasure to drive, if it's a convertible, and so much more. So uh, pretty comprehensive service. And, of course, they also offer financing. Pre-approval in under five minutes from a variety of reputable lenders as well. And again, they're saying competitive terms on the financing as well. And that seven-day money-back guarantee after a test drive, I think pretty pretty safe, uh, nice safety net there as well. If you're in the market for a car, then check out Cars24, full details of where you can go. There's a link to the site. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide reviews were kicking off this week with none other than the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3. This is a phone and a half. This is quite a device. My review is on Tech Guide, as is my YouTube video. Check out my video. Please support the Tech Guide AU YouTube channel. Give me a like, give me a follow, subscribe. You do all those things. I have reviewed it on Tech Guide, though, pretty comprehensively, as I have on the video. So you can see and hear and look and do everything uh, for the review. And this is a type of device, I think, that's aimed at the customer whose smartphone is their world. That's the center of their work, the center of their multitasking, content viewing, creating. This is their device. I think you if you buy if you buy this for anything less than that, I think you're kind of you're you're overcapitalizing. You, and another device might suit you. If you're buying this just for example to watch movies on the screen, then I think you're making a mistake. That, that's a great feature, but if it's just for that, there are devices that can do that already. 
And if you look on my uh, our review, you'll see a comparison of watching movies on the Galaxy Z Fold 3 and a regular smartphone. The actual video, especially for the 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 235 uh, to 1 aspect ratio of movie, like Star Wars, for example, the actual video you see on the larger screen, the actual part of the video, which it sort of takes up the middle third on the, on the Galaxy Z Fold, the video content itself, you get just as much, if not more, on a regular size smartphone, which is 6.5 inches or larger, which is kind of the on the larger scale of phones nowadays. So, but other videos, of course, take up the whole screen as well as websites and things like that. So content on the center screen is unmatched. But if it's just for watching movies, I'm using that as an example, that's not enough. You need this to do more for you to justify having a commitment to this product because that, that's what it's like. It's, it might sound strange. You need a commitment to this device because it's bigger, it's heavier. You need to open it, close it. Two screens, the front screen often isn't big enough to do what you need to do. You've got to open this uh, to, with two hands. You use it with two hands. Stop and use it. So it, it, it is plenty of features. And in the, in the right hands, this is a very, very powerful device. So let's go through the design. We, we spoke a few weeks ago when it was released. That one of the great features about the Z Fold 3 is that it's made of, of stronger aluminium now. It's also water-resistant. So straight out of the box, you know, got a, you've got a more rugged device. It's not as fragile as those other earlier models. So I think that was sort of one thing holding customers back, that they, they were scared they're going to break this thing. There were issues with the screen, I think, for Generation 1 and Gen 2. You just had to be really gentle with the screen. And if you, I, whenever I, I used the Z Fold 3 last year, and I was terrified I was going to drop it and break it. So uh, not, not, so, not so scared nowadays with the tougher aluminium and that water resistance as well. So uh, that, that's straight out of the box. I think great, great news. The other thing too, on the price, it's cheaper. It's $500 cheaper than last year's bottle. So I think that's going to bring it into uh, into more people's reach. But again, if you're paying $2,500 for, for a phone, then I would, that, that would class you as a high-end user. So you, do, you would fit the bill. Now let's look at the design. Two screens, of course. So there's the front display which is 6.2 inches. But it's 6.2 inches because it's quite narrow. It's way narrower than a normal smartphone. Now, on the front, the front screen's meant to be usable with one hand. It's meant to be where you can make your calls, glance at your notifications, just, just to see things. Doing things on the front screen is pretty tough. Like typing a message on the, the tiny little keyboard, that's hard. It's a lot smaller than a, a regular smartphone. So often I was finding I had to open up the device to use the larger screen. Uh, so I reckon, here's what I, what I suggested. If they made the front screen as wide as a regular phone, then it would be, there's two reasons why that would be a good idea. Number one, it's bigger. Front screen's bigger. You can do a lot more on the front screen. And number two, because the front screen is bigger, the back panel would be bigger. And then when you open it up, bigger. So my answer is bigger all the way, but it would make it a bit more convenient. I would use that front screen a lot more often and just indulge with the interior screen. The interior screen is for when you want to watch your content, create your content, use the S Pen. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, whether you want to view your websites larger, multi, do you want to run four apps or three apps at the same time? That's what the internal screen's for. The outside screen, it doesn't do much. You got to look at apps, but they're really skinny, and you can't hardly re read the information on it. Uh, that the keyboard's tiny, so having that front screen, I reckon, bigger would make this a hundred times better device, and then that would result in having the inside screen bigger. And of course, probably what will happen is the price goes back up to three thousand dollars. But I think at that, you're getting two devices in one. Don't forget, if you if you do that, you get a true phone and a true tablet. At, it, at the way it is now, you get kind of a phone, but a and a tablet. So it's, it's kind of an extreme where best of both worlds, the worst of both worlds, because what you can't do on this little screen, you've got to do it on the giant screen inside. Now, when, when you look at apps on that larger screen, I found that the apps, a lot of the apps that I use, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these other apps, my Tesla app, they're not optimized for that larger screen, which is basically a square shape. It's square. So 
Instagram, for example, sort of letterboxes itself in the middle. So it sort of gives you that same look and feel as if you're looking at it on a regular phone. And you're not really getting any more information than you would on a normal phone. My The Tesla app, which I use to check my battery level and summon my car, do all those things, you get less information on the inside screen than you would on a normal phone. There's pictures of these on Tech Guide, just so you understand what I'm talking about. And, of course, the video playback if you're looking at a movie that's 2.35 to 1, like ultra-wide screen, it's this letterbox in the middle on the large display, which if you, if, you to, if you were to cut out that video, measure it, and put it on a normal phone, it would fit on a normal phone. And if you look at my review on Tech God, you, you'll understand what I'm saying. I'm, there's a picture of I'm running the trailer of Rise of Skywalker, and on the screen you'll see... The top phone is the Galaxy Z Flip 3, which we'll review next week, and the Z Fold 3. The Z Flip 3 video portion is actually larger than the 2.35 movie trailer that's playing on the Z Fold 3. Food for thought. There is another one, though, with a different aspect ratio, and it fills up a lot more of the of the screen for the, the Z Fold 3, the internal screen. So that's that's a great, another example of different aspect ratios, can, can have a different result on that larger internal screen. Okay, folding device is it for you? Uh, if you're if you love uh, if you're a Galaxy Note user, unfortunately you have no other alternative. If you continue to use, if you want to use the S Pen with the latest device, there's no new Note, but there is a new Fold Three that works with S Pen. And I got to say, I'm a massive fan of the Note. It was one of my favourite devices from last year. And I'm a fan of the S Pen naturally, and I've got to say, using the S Pen on the Note th- on the Galaxy Z Fold Three is next level. It's unleashed the S Pen. It's a lot more space to use. It only works on the inside screen, but a lot bigger canvas, more notes, more drawings, more everything. Only downside: you can't store the S Pen inside the the phone like you could with the Note. You know how remember you used to slip the S Pen up the side of the chassis of the Note, and it was there whenever you needed it. No such thing for the Galaxy Z Fold. If you want to have the S Pen on your person or on the phone, you need to purchase a separate case, which not only protects the phone, of course, but there's a, a little pocket in the back of the case that fits the Z the uh, S Pen perfectly. So get, but again, bulkier thing to carry around, and you got to have you, you need to spend more money to store that S Pen. You can just put it in your pocket if you want. If you don't want to splurge on the case, that's entirely up to you. The S Pen, by the way, does not come with the Galaxy Note. Uh, some Galaxy Note. The Galaxy Z Fold, it used to come with the Note. doesn't come with the Z Fold 3. Uh, so that's another, another expense if you do want to buy an S Pen. Now, uh, on the camera side, three camera systems on the rear, all 12 megapixels. So there's an ultra-wide, wide-angle telephoto. There's a front 10-megapixel camera. Uh, there's also a 4-megapixel under-screen camera on the main screen. So when you unfold it, you can kind of see where the where it is, the top right-hand corner. There's pixels above it. But what happens when you want to take a photo, those pixels are switched off, and then the camera can shine through. So it is it is good that Samsung has gone to the trouble of, of trying to limit the interruption to that middle, the, the larger internal screen, which is pretty cool. Uh, but just on the camera... If again, if a camera is the only reason why you're buying this, if that's your main reason, then you're making the wrong choice. The camera on the Z Fold 3 is good, but not in the same ballpark as the iPhone or the Galaxy S21. If photography is your main focus, what you want out of your phone, this is not your phone. You can do better. It still takes decent photos, good video, but you can do a lot better with other devices. So another thing to keep in mind. So this is, as I said, remember I was saying this is a specific product for specific customers. You need to be a high-end customer who does a lot with their phone. Is it's their it's their world. They do so much with it. Um, so the Fold Three is, I think, impressive. It's it's like no other phone. Straight away, you can you can tell that if you've never had held one in your hand. It is a really satisfying feeling opening the screen and then shutting it again. It's really cool. Uh, the S Pen now, I think, is a, a, a masterstroke for having it with the Z Fold 3. I would have loved to have seen it, though, fit inside the phone. Maybe if they take up my idea of making this front screen bigger and the back panel bigger to match it, that'll make room for the S Pen. So how's that? How do you like them, Apple, Samsung? Follow my lead here. 
that would make this phone phenomenal. It's already excellent, but I've got to say that would take it to another level. Battery-wise, uh, no complaints there. Got us, got us through the day, uh, charging it overnight, then got us through the next day. Uh, battery fluctu- battery use sort of fluctuated. Obviously, if you're using this big screen inside more often, that's going to burn through the more battery. And when you, when you think about it, you're using this big screen a lot more often than the than the little front screen. Uh, so keep that in mind. You're probably gonna you need to open this thing up to do most things. So uh, that's something to keep in mind as well. It's as I said, f- priced five hundred dollars cheaper from two thousand four hundred ninety nine bucks. That's for the twelve gigabyte model with uh, two fifty six gig of memory. There's no external. There's no uh, ex- external uh, micro SD card slot. <laughs> I was trying to find the words there. No expandable memory is what I meant to say. And it's uh, there's two fifty six gig on the in- entry level, and there's also t- uh, t- for twenty six ninety nine you get the t- five twelve gig version, so twice the storage again, um, and available in three colours: phantom black, phantom green, and you guessed it, phantom silver. Uh, we were using the phantom black, and what I like about it, the the rear panel is kind of a matte finish, so it doesn't have the fingerprints all over it. So overall, I think a pretty decent device, and as I said. Amazing possibilities for the right user. In the right hands, a game changer. The Galaxy Z Fold 3, you can read our complete review and check out our video. Give us a bit of love on YouTube. Watch our video. You can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking about Bose. Now, you know what? Bose is, they're kind of the Apple of the audio company. I, I, I compare them to Apple because they're very uh, methodical about their products. They're, they stand by their products. They're very secretive about their products. Uh, and they only release updates to products when there's something new to release. Unlike Apple, who releases a new phone every year, new iPad every year. That's, that's a big difference there. But on this side, Bose they only give you something new, not just because a year's gone by, it's when something new is new. They've improved the technology, improved the experience. Now, in this case, that's exactly what they've done with the new Quiet Comfort 45 headphones. Now, these are the replacement for the Quiet Comfort 35s, which have been in market for years. And they've just been a mainstay for Bose because they're excellent. They're just amazing noise cancelling headphones. And if, and if you remember when we used to travel internationally, you look around the cabin and I reckon 80% of the people in business class were wearing Bose QC35s. I know I was one of them. So the fact that they've released an upgrade is big news. The QC45s, so improvements to noise cancellation, if you can believe that, a new aware mode, and get this, 24-hour battery life. Pretty cool. And as I said, they're not going to release an update just because a year's gone by. This is an improvement over the previous model. So good good luck to Bose. And what I like about it too, it kind of looks the same, just a, like a slight refinement to the design. So don't forget, these aren't the the the, the, the 700 headphones, which is a, kind of in their own class. This is the QC class, which is kind of their bread and butter, top end, near top end headphones. So the QC45s have stepped in now for the 35s. They're available from October the 4th. They pre-orders start on September 13. They're 500 bucks, 499.95, same price as the QC35s, which I think were discounted up until now till now till they've been replaced. But the QC45s now have two modes. They've got aware mode and quiet mode. So and there's a new noise cancellation system on board too. Uses an com- entirely new electronics package to achieve it. So naturally, quiet mode is noise cancellation mode, and this kicks in after it uses internal and external microphones to sense and measure ambient sound, and then plays the reverse wavelength to remove them. Removes any unwanted mid-range frequencies, with stuff you hear on public transport, aboard an aircraft, in a cafe busy office spaces so it hears out for those mid-range frequencies that are ambient sound and wipes it out Uh, so that that's quiet mode naturally that's with active noise cancellation but users now can switch to aware mode 
And what this does, it uses all the microphones so, so you can hear even better. So that gives you full transparency mode without even needing to remove the headphones. So rather than sort of lifting one off so you can hear the outside world with one ear, you can leave them on, go to aware mode, and boom, super hearing you'll have. You can hear your, <laughs> again, when, when we're allowed to do it, you hear your flight being called. Imagine that, flying overseas. Uh, or you, if you're flying domestically, of course, you can hear announcements. If someone comes up to talk to you, you can just hit aware mode and you can hear them and they can hear you and you don't even have to take your headphones off. Although here's a, an etiquette question. Is it rude to leave your headphones on when you're talking to someone? Just like is it rude to leave your earphones in? If you, if they can, if you can hear them and they can hear you with these new aware modes, what's the etiquette? I think, I don't know. I, I would I would probably take it off, but having a wear mode, that's okay. You might want to go up and order a coffee. You don't know the person you're talking to, so you're hopefully not going to offend them. So you can keep your headphones on and still make your coffee order and collect it without having to take your headphones off. But food for thought there, it's a social question. Leaving your headphones on, is it rude if someone comes up to talk to you? Uh, the QC45s also offer, and this is really important for a lot of customers now, clear call quality. So you think about it, people will be using this maybe on their Zoom calls, phone calls. The beam-forming microphone array can isolate the user's voice and dampen other background noises. So Bose know a thing or two about noise cancellation and voice isolation and beam-forming microphones. Uh, they've got some pretty slick technology there. So again, great to be used for your video meetings, Zoom calls, phone calls. Uh, controls, there are four buttons on the right ear cup for volume and power and answering your calls. Left ear cup is the toggle switch between quiet and aware mode. Uh, and also to mute the microphone if you do need to do that. Again, another handy feature if you're on a Zoom call. On the battery side, the QC45's 24 hours of playback. How good's that? They can be fully recharged through the USB-C port in just two hours. And if you say you, you pick them up and they're dead in the case, 15-minute charge is enough for three hours of playback. So that's pretty cool also. The Bose QuietComfort 45's will be priced at $49.95. They're available in two colours, I think, uh, white and black. And they are available from October 4. Pre-orders available from September 13. So get on it. Bose Quiet Comfort 45 headphones. If you want to read more about that, check it out. Techguide.com.au. Now, who isn't working and learning from home right now. We're all doing it. I work from home anyway, so no no real change for me. But I know there are a lot of people who have suddenly have to set up workspaces and workstations and just have the gear ready to be able to do their job. And in, in many instances, that would involve a laptop and maybe an external monitor and a keyboard and all these other peripherals and memory cards and all this sort of stuff. So having, having all of that set up properly is really important. So... Satechi is a brand, I think that's how you pronounce their name. They've been around for quite a while. They make these excellent USB hubs. Uh, they, they, they do lean more towards Mac users, and in this instance, they have again. But these are hubs that, uh, there's one that works for the iMac, and there's one that works for the MacBook Pro. And basically what they do is they provide you with Thunderbolt ports, USB-C ports, USB 3.0 ports, uh, and a micro SD card slot, a micro an SD card slot, and in the case of the MacBook Pro version, a HDMI port as well, which can help you attach a monitor, watch 4K video through it. Uh, it's remarkable. So the, the Satechi brand of USB hubs, really well made also, and in the same brushed aluminium finish as your iMac or as your MacBook. So it matches. Uh, in the case of the iMac, we'll start with that one, the Satechi Aluminium Monitor Stand Hub for iMac, $139. It is made identical brushed aluminium as the iMac itself. So uh, what it does... It brings the iMac up about an inch and a half, nearly two inches, and well, let's call it, uh, say, four centimetres, uh, just under that. And what I've found, and I'm using it, I'm looking at it right now on my iMac, it brings up the iMac closer to eye level. So it's a couple of benefits there. Eye level viewing now, so you're not sort of looking down and getting a sore neck. Uh, and, of course, it brings the that USB hub as well, but it also creates a tiny little storage space underneath as well. 
So the the uh, the Satichi monitor stand uh, is really high quality, really well made. You can see the quality there. Uh, it connects with a USB-C cable from the back. So what happens, you connect it to the back of your iMac to one of the vacant USB-C ports. If you don't have a USB-C port or a or you don't have a vacant USB-C port, it does also come with a USB-C adapter. So it has a USB 2.0 connection and a USB-C uh, port at the back of the adapter. So you can still connect the, uh, the hub for iMac to your computer. Now, it does have the USB 3.0 ports. It's got a USB-C port that's capable of 5 gigabit per second transfers. Uh, he's got a micro SD card slot and an SD card slot, even has a headphone jack as well. Headphone jack is normally on the back of the iMac, but this brings it now all to the front. That's the that's what I like about this too. But when you were wanting to access your USB-C ports or any or USB 2.0 ports, you've got to reach around to the back of the iMac and it's really hard to find it. You've got to stand up and, and it's stuff around a little bit, but this brings it all to the front. So a lot easier, uh, faster to access. So now you can organize yourself to connect and charge your devices, do everything you need, all from the front. And that's 139 bucks. Moving along to the Satechi USB-C Pro Hub for the MacBook Pro. And this has 4K HDMI capability as well as Thunderbolt 3. Now, why would this have Thunderbolt 3 in the iMac stand? No, the, iMac's, the iMac already has like a 5K Retina monitor on, built in. So with the, the USB-C Pro Hub for the MacBook, that has Thunderbolt 3, so you can connect a 4K monitor if you need. So if you want a secondary monitor or just a, a monitor to take over from your laptop monitor, that's the way you do it. You can connect it through. It looks like a USB-C port, but it's actually a Thunderbolt 3 port uh, and also has a secondary USB-C port as well. And now the Pro Hub actually has two USB-C ports that it needs to connect to your MacBook. So basically it takes up all your vacant USB-C ports on the left-hand side of the MacBook, but gives you back one Thunderbolt 3, one USB-C, which look the same, two USB 3.0s, a HDMI port, memory card slot for an SD card and a micro SD card slot as well. So secondary USB-C port can support five gigabit per second data transfer, but the Thunderbolt port, that's the fast one, 40 gigabits per second. So that's for connecting your 4K monitor, or you can even have up to 5K video output from that as well. Through the HDMI cable, you can connect a second 4K screen as well. You just connect the HDMI cable from the hub to your external monitor. Bob's your uncle. The Pro Hub for MacBook Pro is $149. It's actually more expensive than the iMac hub uh, stand hub. So $139 for the stand hub for iMac, $149 for the Thunderbolt 3 USB-C Pro Hub. All from Satechi. I think that's how you say it. You know what I mean. You can also uh, buy them from JB Hi-Fi. If you want to take a closer look at those products, check it out, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security, and that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented Game Optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. 
This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good mates at Belkin, uh, belkin.com forward slash au. If you're after cables, portable batteries, MagSafe products, you name it, Belkin has it, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, the question I have uh, from one reader is interesting one about Microsoft 365, formerly known as Office 365, which also includes, of course, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, uh, Outlook, One OneNote, now includes Microsoft Teams as well. And uh, she did uh, contact on behalf of her father, who said he had, he can't get Microsoft Word or Office to work. He still has his product key and couldn't get it to work. Um, so that told me a couple of things. One, that the product key, that means it's he bought that a few years ago, and that product key is probably no longer valid because it's now all a subscription model. So what used to be called Office 365, where you could buy, uh, buy the applications and then hang on to them as long as you like, that is now called Microsoft 365, and it's a subscription service. So you need to pay, I think it's about 130 bucks a year, and that gives you access to all of Microsoft's products. Similar now, similarly to what uh, Adobe does. Adobe has the Creative Cloud. I think that's about 75 bucks a month, and you get access to all Adobe's uh, products, updated all the time, all their applications, and they're updated all the time. So you're not having to buy a version, pay thousands for it, and then update it over the years. This is where everything's kept up to date, and it's a subscription service just like the Microsoft service as well. And Microsoft Office, I think we use it every single day. I know I use Word all the time, Excel, PowerPoint. Uh, it's the most widely used suite of applications in the world. But uh, forget the product keys. It's now a subscription service, and that subscription service allows you to run it on multiple devices as well. So don't think that it's just for one. You can buy a plan, whether it's for home, for education, for business, for enterprise, that will run on multiple devices and uh, Microsoft has all the information on their website. And that brings us to the end of the Tech Guide podcast for another week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you need to find out any more, of course, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please hit us up with an email, info at techguide.com.au or you can hit the Ask Stephen icon as well uh, on the Tech Guide homepage, and that'll create an email that will come straight to me. We want to thank our sponsors as well, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Take advantage of that offer. Tech Guide readers get more than 50% off the Norton 360 with Game Optimizer. That's the Norton 360 security suite of, of features and, and products, as well as the Game Optimizer. So please support the companies that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.